What is good, everyone? Welcome back to the Roll Blob Podcast, presented by the Broken Anchor, with Andy and Cap. You know me, I'm Cap. You know him, he's Andy. Andy, what up? I am jacked up right now. Ask me why I'm jacked up. Andy, why are you jacked up? You're going to get pissed, but I got to watch Xavier basketball at the Cintas Center this weekend, and I was... I'm going to brag about it because <laughs> I felt whole again. Andy and 299 people were excited and everyone else was pissed. Yeah, well, I mean, I really, I could have been the only person there for all I know. I saw nobody. I only saw my phone screen, Twitter, and the game. Yeah, so Mans was, was busy. My thumbs hurt. Mans was busy. We will be talking about that. and You'll hear from both sides of the coin on that. Uh, but Andy, the news of the day. We got a certain barstool Bobby Riggs in the building. Absolutely awesome interview. He really carried the entire thing, which we know you guys want. You want less of us, more of the guests. <laughs> and that's exactly what you got with Bobby. He was awesome. All you literally had to do, Andy, was just put the ball on the tee and let that man go to work. And he called that bitch an Uber and sent it. Yeah, we're literally just like playing with James Harden. Just give him the ball, watch him ISO, and I'm, <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of the way. I can just go grab some popcorn. <laughs> I'm just chilling. <laughs> and that's the way it's got to be. Like, I love it. And <laughs> you're welcome, listeners. I know. <laughs> Better off that way. So, Andy, that is the main event today. If you catch, if you hit Cap's rant, you have gone too far. I will be ranting, Andy, uh, the rare Cap rant. We're also going to be talking about the, your favorite drama show, which is the NBA. Yes. Yeah, the, the NBA, <laughs> the NBA roulette started, started today. We got some trades. We got some uh, opt-outs, opt-ins. The draft is tonight. The draft is tonight, the night you're listening to it, not the night we're recording it. That threw me off for a bit. You're welcome. <laughs> but the NBA is back. We had a, we, a good little two- or three-week break. We are back, dude. It came with a vengeance, bro. It came in smoking. I honestly kind of forgot it existed for a couple of days. And then, you know, it just poof, All of a sudden we're here. onslaught. Onslaught. So it's going to be a really good show. Um, Bobby Riggs coming up ASAP. We'll get to that ASAP for you, and it's going to be really, really fun. Okay, Andy, on to the main event. We're not like UFC. We're not going to make you watch a bunch of freaking, you know, undercards and all this crap. We're going right to the main event, Andy, right to the meat and potatoes. No salad. <laughs> no salad, no onions. Just Nothing. come in. We know you don't give a fuck about us. We know more than half of you are just here for one person, and we're going to give you that one person because it is time <laughs> we're not gonna bring you any bread no salad no nothing straight to the steak yeah man bobby Riggs, bar stool what else do you need to hear uh, verified that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> 31k and verified that's all you need to know that's all i need to hear um so yeah really i'm really excited if you guys are here this interview so we're not going to take up much more of your time just talk just talked a lot of bullshit, a lot of basketball. He went on about the Giants a little bit. I really just let it air, let him air it out, going going a little Bobby rant. 
And you get the big dog got to let him eat, man. Right. Yeah. It's like when you got when you got a mismatch in the post, man. You just keep feeding him. That's what we just kept doing. We just kept feeding Bobby. And <laughs> it was yeah, one, of the, one of those fun interviews I've ever been a part of. Um, so I said we just get right to it. Yeah. Send it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the verified barstool Bobby Riggs. Roll Blob Pod listeners, we are on a hot streak. First Rick Browering, now Bobby Regan. Thanks for coming on, brothers. Yeah, man. Following up Rick, uh, that's my guy. <laughs> Good luck. It's going to be tough. I, I got to tell him that next time I see him. Hell of a follow. I'm sure he's going to have glowing reviews. Uh, Riggs, off the bat, man, what's Cincinnati doing with their Christmas tree? <laughs> I don't know, but it's – like, listen, I'm not from Cincinnati. I'm – been in Cincinnati now for a decade. It's the most Cincinnati thing possible. Like, <laughs> I don't want him to change it. Like, I've thought about driving down to Fountain Square, just setting up shop and being like, no, like, fuck, you can't change this. Like, I, this need this shit. It needs to look shitty. Like, that's what it needs. Like, throw some skyline, like, decoration on it. Throw some Bengal stuff on it. Throw some red stuff on it. Throw some Xavier. Throw some UC. Whatever. Make it, it make it as Cincinnati as possible. Just don't touch the damn thing. Like it, it fits. It, it, just, it needs to stay. And everyone, like when I tweeted it out or when I blogged it, people were like, "Oh, like just make this like Charlie Brown." I'm like, no, 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 no. They should act like it's the greatest Christmas tree ever. <laughs> exactly. Like, just be like, what, "What's wrong with it?" Like, just act like nothing's wrong. That's what, I, like that's what the I want them to do. Right. If like if they would just start listening to me, and let me run this city. That's what we would do. Well, Bobby, New agenda. Mayor? Right. Like, I might as well. I just, I don't, want to deal with any of the, I don't want to deal with any of the political stuff. I'll just deal with, like, decisions like this. City planner. Yeah, right. But I, I want to be the lone decision maker. <laughs> I will sign off on that in a heartbeat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Reach your city planner. So you touch on your background. You've obviously been in Cincinnati and experienced our whole cursed Yep. Blase, blase going on out here. But why don't you give us a little bit about your background? You're obviously a wildcat. Why don't you talk on your sports background, your life background real quick? Yeah, so <clears throat> the one thing people don't, I guess, don't know a lot about me is that I'm not from, like, Kentucky. I'm not from Ohio. I grew up in Pennsylvania, um, played basketball, uh, you know, was a basketball player, was deciding between playing somewhere small, going somewhere big. Um, I t- – fell in love with Kentucky. Like the first time I, I, I went and visited going into my senior year of high school. So it was July of 04. And I still remember it was just me and my dad and we were doing like a tour of some schools. The only reason we went to Kentucky is because there was an extra day. We were going from, you know, we had an extra day. We were actually coming up. I was going to visit Xavier in Cincinnati. We had just had an extra day. He's like, do you want to go look at Kentucky? I was like, why not? To this day, I can still remember just an absolute smoke show as the tour guide. And the moment she walked out, I was like, I'm going here. And it was so, the easiest. Like, yeah, like, like, she was like John Calipari before Calipari. It was the easiest commitment of all time. Um, fell in love with the campus, everything like that. Went there when we sucked at basketball, unfortunately. So I was there 05 to 09. So I had the last two Patrick years. Sparks arrow, baby. Patrick Sparks, but I had the last two years at Tubby and the two years at Gillespie. Um, Cal got hired my spring semester senior year. So I didn't get to see good basketball, which is bullshit. 
Um, I did get to see game day for football. That was, that was, that was legit. Um, but yeah, so I've been writing for Barstool now for four years. It's been a while. Yeah. Four years and full time with them for two, two and a half now. So awesome. it's been, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, a crazy background. And I come from a journalism background, um, but I worked in the cube for God, eight years. Jeez. That's awesome, man. Congrats, by the way. Thanks. Um, so what we've been doing, we did this with Rick. We let him go off about his Norse. It's 2020. The world's in shambles. Everyone needs a therapy session. So we're going to give you a 10-minute, five-minute therapy session, go off about UK, give us a little preview, and then talk shit about Daniel Jones. Oh, God, Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Giants fan. And I am firmly on I hate Daniel Jones. And I've been that way since draft night. When Josh Allen was sitting right there, oh man! Somehow, Looking some way, he do- he doesn't get drafted by the Raiders, and I went, "Holy shit, he's gonna fall to the Giants!" And I was like, "Perfect, just take Josh Allen." And then they took Daniel Jones, and I lost my mind. And then they took Dexter. Then they took Dexter Lawrence with their second first round pick because why not take a run sure. stopper at the D line when you could have had a arguably the second best or the best pass rushing DN. Well, sure, because that's what makes sense in today's NFL. And uh, now Daniel Jones sucks, which isn't shocking. Um, I'm, but like, unless the Giants somehow stumble into the first pick to get Trevor Lawrence, like you have, you can't take a quarterback this, this year with him under a rookie contract. So like, no, it feels like no man's land because he's not getting any better. At the same time, it's kind of weird because, like, the Giants have won two games this year. Every loss but one has been by one possession. Right. And it's like, okay, just what's going on? Because this team should not be – I mean, the defense is decent, but, like, if they don't choke against the Eagles, they don't choke against the Cowboys, okay, now you're sitting at four and five, you're leading the division. And it's like – if you steal one against the Bears or the Rams, they would have a winning record. Then, <laughs> like nobody's talking about drafting and without and Saquon. Out from Daniel yeah. Jones. It's wild. Yeah, well, Saquon was even a worse draft pick. That that was a running back second overall. Like, what are you doing? It makes no um, sense. Yeah, it's yeah, it's because football guys are the dumbest people in the world. Um, <laughs> like straight up, football guys are just morons. Because I, my brother played college football, and I yell with him all the time. Like, he was like, "Oh, Saquon, great pick." I was like, "This is the dumbest pick ever." And even, like, my uncle would play football. Like, they both play college football. And then, like, this past year, my uncle was like, yeah, you're right. I was like, I told you from day one. I mean, you get, like, six right. years of prime, if that. Yeah, you're lucky to get that. Um, so now – and, and, like, Kentucky football has been a mess. Like, with all like, – they're, they're going to be good this year. If it was, like – and I know, like, it's the whole – they're just playing the SEC. And right. that is tough, like, especially when, like, you are Kentucky. and Yeah, like, they have all this talent, but whatever. I need Kentucky basketball to be good. <laughs> I know. So what are you thinking about them? I think they're. I think they are good. I think they're the like. When I do my rankings and and how I kind of formulate stuff and you know whether it's from a gambling side or just so I have like my power rankings when I'm when I'm talking about stuff I know kind of where I think teams should be. I think they're preseason four. I think they are. Yeah. You know, I, they're in that tier. You know, it's clear top three. Then there's a second tier. They're clearly, like, in that top 
portion of that second tier. But I know everyone freaks out that they don't – they're not returning guys outside of Keon Brooks. But it's like, why does that matter? Like, why are we right. moving goalposts for Kentucky? Like, what coach in, the, in college basketball is better at getting guys – like B.J. Boston, like Terrence Clark, like Lance right. Ware, like, you know, Devin Askin, getting these and, – and Isaiah Jack, getting these guys and, you know, you take a couple lumps early, but he's been the most consistent coach in, in college basketball since he took over Kentucky. Like, no State tournament wins, more Final Fours. I know it was like, well, one banner. It's like, okay, like, K got, K got two, Jay Wright got two, and that's it. Those are – and UConn got two. But, like – from a coaching standpoint, two coaches in America have won more titles than him since he took over Kentucky. And then they're like, well, the recruiting rankings, it's like, okay, well, can we call Kansas a failure every year? What about Tom Izzo when he had Jaron Jackson, Miles Bridges, yeah. Nick Warden couldn't figure that out. Are we calling him a failure? Uh, what about uh, Duke when they lose to Mercer or Lehigh or South Carolina? They're failures. Like – so I and I get it because he like it is it is Cal he is arrogant he does the whole you know gold standard which I fucking love um, and the quote <laughs> like you're gonna hate me because I'm gonna come into your town and beat your team like I want that on my tombstone no um, but it's like for this year where it's a weird year and you're going to be scrambling. There's no coach better at like kind of scrambling rosters together and getting guys to figure stuff out on the fly than cap. Like the biggest misconception about him is the fact that he just rolls the ball out. Like you talk to guys that played against him or play for him. And they're like, no, like he, I, I used to do a podcast with Ben Brust played at Wisconsin, um, lost the, the year that Kentucky beat Wisconsin, in the final four. And he's like, if you watch and, and really pay attention to what Cal does in the scouting reports, it's not just rolling the ball out. Like there's a rhyme and reason to what he does for everything. And I think people like forget that or like they just hate Kentucky so much and hate Cal Perry right. so much. Like that's the, that's a narrative. So for a year like this, there are very few coaches, if any, that you want than Cal Perry who has a system. He's going to run it. He's used to adjusting on the fly, figuring stuff out. Then you look at the roster, my favorite thing, like when I look at rosters, what I want to see, I don't care about, oh, they returned six leader leading scores. It's, it's irrelevant. Like, that's why I think Iowa is the most overrated team in the country. <laughs> but you look at the roster, I love teams that are versatile. Like, I don't even care yeah. about depth. Like, depth, depth is something that's a made-up thing that, like, media guys love talking about. You don't need more than seven, maybe eight guys. Like if you Agreed. if you really start going like, look at our tenth man. Like, unless you're that 2014-15 Kentucky team running a, a platoon, that's irrelevant. Like 99% of the time, that depth is irrelevant. If you're talking about like your top five, top seven guys, yeah, that's the important thing. Top seven, really. They have this this depth. Like they are a, a strong top eight. And, and then they have the versatility, the length. Like, you watch them. You watch them on their, their pro days going on right now. Everybody is long. Like, B.J. Boston, super long. Terrence Clark, super long. Lance Ware, super long. Olivier Saar, super long. Isaiah Jackson, super long. Like, they just have this. So and, and we've seen it with Calipari with these teams. He'll switch on, on ball screens 
you just get the footwork to, to go with his length. And I yes. think this could easily be his third, maybe second best defensive team that he's had yeah. behind the Anthony Davis team and, and the platoon team. So right off the bat, like if they can get that defense down, the offense will come. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I think they're going to be good. I think they're final four good. I think they're national championship good. I do think they're at least coming into the season. And that's the top half of that second tier behind um, Baylor, uh, uh, Nova and Gonzaga. But like, let me know when Baylor like wins in March. Cause I think right. that's important too. Like Scott Drew's made elite eights, but like, if it's if it's a, if it's an elite eight game and it's Kentucky Baylor and it's tied with five minutes to go, who do you want leading? And I think that's an important thing too to watch. Like, I love Baylor. I, I think I think Baylor's damn good. I think Baylor can win a national title. But when this year, it's 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 I'm so over. Look how many guys are returning. Look at all these seniors. I just don't care. Like, call me crazy. <laughs> I'd rather have the better players. No doubt. In the March, um, like in those close in those close games, a lot of times talent is going to win, and you guys typically have the most talent on the floor. And when you get into March, those guys are playing like sophomores. Calipari does a a very good job of that. They are they're playing above their their age. Uh, he gets guys to buy in and mature outside of that 2012-2013 um, bullshit team. Well, that was even an injury. Like they were they were. That's the other thing. Like they were ranked, and then Nerlens Noel tore his ACL. Like, yeah. it's not like they were. It's not like they sucked that year. They sucked compared to like Calipari teams, but like they probably would have been like a six seed. And that was also just a weak, a weak recruiting class too. Like you saw with that draft class it was terrible. It, yeah, it didn't work out. Obviously, like Nerlens Noel gets hurt, and then like Archie Goodwin was not as good as people expect, expected. Alex Poitras. Um, nice. Was a fine college player, not like this five star, especially as a freshman. Sure. Not this five star. Really yeah, and Willie and Willie Cauley Stein was part of that draft class or that recruiting class. So it's like sure. again, he he took a year to develop before he right. really turned into something. Um, so yeah, like I tend to rely on talent, especially with coaches that do it year after year. It's why I'll always like. There are certain teams and programs and coaches that I just trust year after year to at least be in the, like a top 10, top 15 type team. And that's it's Kentucky, yep. obviously Duke, it's Kansas, it's Virginia now, Tony Bennett. Like, no question. And I think Texas Tech's getting damn close there with, with Chris Beard, Beard. And, yeah. and Nova. You know, teams that like they're down year, you're talking about them as like a six seed. I know. And it's like, <laughs> okay. Or like, whatever because seeding can get weird with the seeding rules and they if they fall to an eight seed but they're really like a top 25 team in the country whatever but yeah for a year like this year those are teams that i'm gonna like really like, really bank on gonzaga like yeah. i know people like to hate on gonzaga but like they're they're one of the most they're arguably the most consistent program in america Thanks. So. They schedule tough non-conference games, and they they play with the best of them. They do, yeah, but like the WCC is better than what people realize. Like St. Mary's, BYU, Gonzaga, it like, really is. Pepperdine's yeah. getting better. Um, 
Pacific, like, ended up, like, all these teams are taking jumps up. And, like, yes, it's not a Power Six conference. It's not the A-10, but it's also not, like, the Atlantic Sun or the Mia. Right. Like, the Atlantic Sun is such bullshit. I watched watch NKU playing it for a year. And yeah, like, so bad. I mean, like, yeah, like, it, it's not that. And, and, but people see that and then, like, well, Gonzaga hasn't won a title. It's like, Okay, like, are we really doing this? Like, what? I mean, they brought they brought North Kentucky, they brought North Carolina within a minute of a championship. Like, get out of here. They were in Nigel Williams' golf. They were first off, that was the worst officiated title game of, of all time. Awesome. And they were in Nigel Williams' golf's like ankle injury from probably winning that. But sure. my least like the thing I probably argue with fans like college basketball people the most are people that strictly judge success only on the NCAA tournament, right? And do like the rings thing, and I'm like. All right, you're talking about the flukiest event in all of sports. Facts. It's a one-game elimination. It is not favorable for, like, a one seed. Like, it's not like you get this huge advantage, right? Like, oh, it's completely yeah. it's completely matchup-based. But, yes, there is an advantage as a one seed. You get closer to home. You get the 16. Like, by numbers, you get the easier draw. But it's all matchup-based. How many – like yep. – Look at Wichita State when they were undefeated. They drew that Kentucky team as an eight seed. That was, was a that, monster. Yeah. Was that fair for Wichita State as a one seed instead no. of – I don't remember who was the two seed in that bracket, but, like, you know, would you have rather been the two seed in that bracket? Easily. Right. Yeah. And it's like people don't realize that. Like, oh, yeah, like, well, but they, they were a one seed. It's like, okay, but who would you, who would you rather play? If I said you can play – Eight seed Kentucky or seven seed Tennessee because I think that's I think or Michigan might have been the seven seed that year. Or three seed, but like, what? Who would you rather play? It's like, oh, well, I'd rather play the seven seed. It's like exactly, like it's not, yeah. and it's one game. You're talking about one game. How many times do we see a freak shooting night one way or the other where an underdog gets hot, right? And they shoot sure. ten of thirteen from three, or a favorite gets cold from the line. They go 15 for 25. It's it's what makes it awesome, but it makes it so goddamn annoying talking to people about because they just go, oh, well, they've been made a, you know, they've made a final four in six years or whatever, you know, or, you know, they lost in the sweet 16 or ever. Right. And it's like, okay. But again, you have to look at it as a whole, like, what are they doing in the regular season? How did they lose the game? Who did they lose to? What happened? Like, I think if you don't look at that, like, please just don't tweet at me NCAA tournament results and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or don't just win me rings. Like, if that's the case, are we really going to pretend Kevin Ollie is the same coach caliber exactly. as Calipari, Izzo, Bayheim? We can go down the list. Not close. Yeah. We're not right. Like Jay yeah, Wright was considered. Jay Wright was considered a failure. <laughs> I know. Six years ago. Yep. Like he was always. Why can't this guy win? Why can't this guy? The joke was Jay Wright had it in his contract that he had to work for CBS starting the second weekend of the NCAA tournament because Villanova wow. always lost. Like that was the joke. Like yeah, everybody made that joke. Oh, because Jay Wright's on CBS again because. Villanova lost to NC State as a two as a two seed or a one seed. Now he's considered a genius and like the, mm-hmm. one of these six, and he, he's always been a successful coach. But it took 
two titles, one by a, a dominant team in 2018, one that ended on a buzzer beater. What happens if Carolina wins that? Like, exactly. Derek now has one title. Like, it, it's, that's the stuff that, like, pisses me off more than anything I else. I know. And I hate when people just do the ring. I hate rings arguments to begin with. It's a little more comparative, like better in professional NBA. settings. Four out of seven, yeah. Four out of seven. But even then, like, yeah, look at match. Like, look at matches. Just don't say rings. It just pisses me off. But from a college, like, NTA tournament standpoint, are you really just saying if you don't win a title, it's a failure? Like, yeah, there are teams where you're like, damn, they really missed a chance to, lose, to win a title this year. Like, that was a, a great chance to win a title, and they chose. Mm-hmm. But, like – <laughs> I know. You lose on a buzzer beater, and all of a sudden your season's a failure. Like, come on, get out of here! And that, it, and that it, was required. You win five games in a row just to get there. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Right? You got to win. You got to win six in a row in a three-week span, all on a neutral court against like I, on quick turnarounds. It's and how many t- how many seasons is the best team actually win it? It's super rare. So if you, if you look at the last decade, let me I'll, I'll pull up because I've looked at this before. If you look at the last, obviously 2012, Kentucky, I think everybody yeah. agrees. They were the best team. Was the best team. You know, 2010 Duke, they weren't the best team. I know they ended up finishing the best team on, on Kempom, but, like, they weren't the best team. That was a pretty open, you know, people would say Kentucky that year with Wall and, and Cousins. Syracuse was good that year. Um, 2011, Ohio State was the best team. They lost in the Sweet 16. Yep. 2012, obviously Kentucky. 2013, Louisville was probably the best team in the country that year. They won it. 14, UConn wasn't the best team in the country. <laughs> Hell no. 15, Duke was not the best. Like, you can make an argument for Duke, but I think everyone pretty much agrees that Kentucky team was the best team in the country that year. team is probably the best team in the country. Right. The 2016, you could make a case for Villanova as the best team in the country that year. I'd probably go Kansas. Um, yes. 2017, you can make a case for UNC. Um, I'd make a case for Gonzaga, even Nova. Mm-hmm. Um, 2018, Villanova was for sure the best team in the country that year. Yes. I, think, I think they were better than, than Virginia. Um, 2019, you can yeah. make a case for Virginia. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot like you can make a case for, but in terms of, like, surefire – definitive yeah definitive teams you're four like it's it, it, it's not common it's it's when you look at like you know roll around brackets come out in march it, probably two unanimous like the 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 kentucky team in 12 and i guess the the, the nova team in 18 were like the consensus favorites to win it <laughs> like louisville was probably the Probably the best team that won in 13, but that tournament was wide open. Like that season was Super wide open. open. Oh, yeah. 100%. So it, it's crazy, man. Like, that's the thing that, like, <laughs> you were telling me teams play a 30 goddamn game regular season. And you're telling me we're basing it on six games. Yes. Can we get some context when you come at me with, like, so any sweet. NCAA take ever? Like, it's Greg, so dumb. Add, add Greg zero two three three Jeffrey <laughs> Tombstone. He thinks yes, it's all about rings. Right, and I get that. Like, I, it is to a degree. Like, 
you do have to win. Like, you, you yeah. do have to win. Like, I get on Bayheim all the time where it's like, he's been at Syracuse for a thousand years. And he has one title. Yes, like, he has one. That's important. It is very hard to win. <laughs> but if you're at the school, and it's hard to win at Syracuse, but if you're at a school for 47 years, if I said you're one in 46, how many people would actually consider that a success? Without context, right? Like, sure. yeah. that's the ring argument. Like, Tom Izzo, one ring at, at, at Michigan State. A yeah. lot easier to win at Michigan State. One ring in 20 years. Tom Izzo's so one in 19 or whatever. No. More than that. One in – they won, what, yeah. nine? One in oh, – oh, yeah. One in 22? I think it's like 23rd year, 24th year? Yeah, 22, 23, yeah. Is that – like <laughs> – Right. Yeah, where does it stop? If yeah, you exactly. just say it like that, it is – you sound like it, it, it's, in, it's an insane win-to-loss record. And I, so winning does matter because you get one, then yeah, you have one. You can't get that taken away. This notion that like winning multiple championships is easy blows my mind. There are not a lot of coaches that have multiple NCAA titles. Probably like less than six, seven. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but can't be longer than five or six, I would imagine. It's, it's a little bit longer than that, but I mean, you're talking, you know, wouldn't dominate it forever. You know, Shashevsky's yes. been around forever and, and, and won, you know, uh, Jay Wright got two in three years. Um, Wild, yeah. Roy Williams. Roy Williams couldn't yeah, win Roy, Kansas. Yeah. He couldn't win a Kansas. That was a knock. He was a failure in the NCAA tournament at Kansas. He goes to UNC and he ends up winning three. Now we talk about him as one of, like, the seven greatest coaches of all time. For sure. It, so that's always insane to me. It's like, okay, if you want to scream about coaches as, like, a career failure, let's wait until their career is done. 100%. As much as I get annoyed with like old takes exposed or, or when people tweet like, oh, that, that aged well, it's like, well, at the time it was a perfectly normal tweet. <laughs> right. If, if, in, if in 2004 I tweeted, you know, Roy Williams sucks in the NCAA tournament. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a cold take. It was a very accurate t- take. He could not win an NCAA title at Kansas. At the time, he did suck, but here's the thing. People can improve. People can right. learn. Right. You go to a school where classes don't matter, and then you just, you know, you get Rashad McCants and Sean Max. <laughs> uh, Loaded. Yeah. Can we write off Mick Cronin yet or no? No. I, I, like, <laughs> I, like, that's one thing. Like, I, I thought there was a almost like a cap on Cincinnati success. A, because of the American, like, you know, it, it, they had to have kind of a, a perfect break in the bracket for them. And they had a chance in 20, uh, 2018 when, when mayhem happened in that, that top half of the bracket. But Mick gets a bad rap. I, I know his coaching style was tough of, we're going to slow it down. We're going to beat you up. Yep. Defense first. And it was always like, well, that can't win. That can't win. That can't win. Then Tony Bennett wins. And now the difference is Virginia was always a fit, a super efficient offensively. And they had, you know, NBA players and, and Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter. And yes. I think Diakide is going to end up playing in the pros too. But Mick, like, again, like, when, what if you're a Cincinnati fan, how quick do you take Mick Cronin back? I would say in a heartbeat. 
Right. So is he a failure? Because you take him back in a heartbeat. I mean, he won 30 games like three times. Yeah, he had him as a two seed. Like he, and, and like it was a, it was a bad, it was a historic collapse. Otherwise, they'd probably make a Final Four, and then, then Cincinnati fans don't talk about, like, Mick yep. the way they do come NCAA tournament. Yep. So, it, that's a weird thing to, like, look at. And it's going to be fascinating looking back on Mick's career, you know, 20 years from now, whatever he does I at know. UCLA, because it's UCLA. He could he recreate his whole – yeah. It, yeah, like, yeah if, if he wins a title at UCLA, well, shit, you're talking about Mick Cronin. <laughs> I know. As, like, a legend <laughs> – it sounds wild in 2020, but it could happen. Right, like, and but like, if he keeps coming up short, like, let's say he, let's say he turns UCLA into a super competitive regular season team, you know, wins a bunch of Pac-12 titles, top of top three seeds, whatever. But he like stumbles all the time in the NCAA tournament. Like, stumbles into like this, almost like Deshaun Miller disease. Like he can't get past yeah. the Elite Eight for whatever reason. But he's winning 28 games, and he's a two seed, and he's getting to the Elite Eight and losing by four every time. Right. The the conversation on McCronin from like the especially Cincinnati fans and UCLA fans and like the casual fans, it's gonna be drastically different. And it's so dumb and so fascinating. So stupid. <laughs> Cincinnati fans taking McCronin back, we have to assume they're using logic, which doesn't exactly happen with them. No college no. listen, no college basketball fan base has logic. <laughs> Like, fans are stupid as shit. <laughs> you're looking at two of them. Yeah, you're looking at two of them. Like, <laughs> well, this and, like, I get it. Like, especially when fans see, like, a national media guy talking about their team, and they're like, well, I know that my team better than you do. Like, you're, you're too worried about this team and that team and this team. And it's like, okay, I probably watch more basketball than you, so I can probably talk about this. I, I get it. I get it. Like, yes, you probably do know – where, like, the walk-on went to high school. I understand that. <laughs> but here's what I'm seeing, like, from a schematic standpoint. At the same time, like, fans just – you they want no bad news unless they're trying to get a coach fired. Like, 100%. no negative news unless we're trying to get a coach fired. So, if you sit there and say, like, you know, like, like Iowa fans are losing their mind at me. Because like, I've said all year, like, I think the most overrated team – I still think they're one of the 15 best teams in the country. Really good, yeah. But I don't think they're the fifth best team in the country. Therefore, they're the most overrated team in the country for me. And I'm like, listen, if I told you a goddamn year ago, I think you're a top 15 team in the country, you're, I could yep. walk into Des Moines, Iowa, and just run around naked and not get arrested. You don't pay for a beer all night, 100%. No, but now it's like I got to stay in Ames at Iowa State. Um, but that's fans and it's like it's why I love this sport like I'm a college basketball fan at heart like I am I'm a fan at heart I've watched college basketball my entire life I mean shit I fell in love with the game and like I I know exactly where I was the moment Randolph Childress crossed up Jeff McInnes made him fall over and gave him the come hither in the ACC tournament that was in 1985 I, I know where I was I was eight years old and I was like that moment happened, I was like, I'm wearing 22 the rest of my life because of that. That's it. I've watched college basketball for so many years now that I am just a fan at heart. Like, there's nothing that and, – and college sports in general. College football is even, like, another extreme. But that's why I love, like, when fans yell because I'm like, listen, like, I'd probably <laughs> do the same thing if I were you. But <laughs> right. you're a moron. 
so stop. <laughs> and I, but I love it. Like I wouldn't change college sports from a fan standpoint for anything in that sense. Like it's and, and especially here. Like obviously, like in Cincinnati, you have two diehard fan bases in, in Cincinnati Xavier, but you also have like Kentucky's an hour away, Louisville's an hour away, Ohio State's an hour I'm and a half away. West Virginia's Indy, Notre Dame, West Virginia's Purdue, four hours away. Indeed, Notre Dame, Purdue, Butler. Like Global. it's so you get and you get a, a kind of all of this in Cincinnati, right? Like there's a lot of a lot of Kentucky fans. You get pockets of Louisville fans, a lot of Ohio State fans. Obviously, Cincinnati and Xavier. You get pockets of Indiana fans. Everything, yeah. That even just like you know, you sit at a bar. You're like none of really none of my friends are from Cincinnati. Like my friends, we're all kind of transplants here. So you get that where it's like, even just in a friends group, you're like, oh, you're from Indiana. Well, fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> Thanks. And there, but like, that's that. What's what's awesome is like that's the first thing people like kind of ne- like gravitate yeah. towards. Sure. And that's why like I don't want college fans to ever lose their stupidity because it's I, part I, of the game. I, I need it forever. Like yes, I sir. because it, it, there needs there needs to be those pointless pointless arguments of well right. if we would have been a three seed that we would have this path and we would have won a title it's like in like here. july just right. like goes crazy on twitter some random bullshit argument they they think joel and Artie is like controlling the NCAA bracket and it's like <laughs> illuminati guys it, it's it, it, he puts a bracket out the day after the NCAA tournament ends it, like and also like he's a middle of the pack bracketologist. He's just a, a Benedict fan forever and a, and a character. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Where it's like he's actually a like, trash bracketologist, yeah. Right, like it, it's also like no disrespect. It's just he's doing his job. Like we're we're literally guessing at where teams are going to end up right. based on what a group of people assign them. Like there, there's no real <laughs> algorithm to it. What'd you say? Right, right. Like he can't, he can't sit there and talk to the committee. And be like, oh, where are you guys putting uh, Illinois? Albuquerque or right. <laughs> right? It's ridiculous. So, I I need that though. Like I need people getting pissed at like one I, sentence that they get mad about. Like, or if you like misspell somebody's name, like you 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 hit like a, an S by accident. It's like right. I know the guys. That happens all the time with like I forget who who the hell was it. Gonzaga, the Gonzaga, Gonzaga thing. Yeah, we used to get the Xavier thing all the time. Like there was a name I would always screw up. A player name or a school name? Player name. I would always call him. I used to do it with McDermott a little bit. I would always call Greg McDermott. Oh Greg shit! McDermott. Yeah. Like a DJ Metcalf thing right now. Yeah, or something like that. Like there was another yeah. one where it's like I, it was like a for it was like a Steve. I always just thought his name was like Sean. Whatever. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. And people be like, dude, do you even cover you even watch the sport? And I'm like, Yes, I know. I called him by his wrong name. There are 150 teams that have a chance to make a tournament this year. Like I sorry. don't care. I was like, fuck out of here. Fucking stupid. Um, but again, like I also don't want that that like But if it was happening to Kentucky, you would flip out, and that's what's beautiful about it. Right. Like if people are talking about like Kentucky and they're like refusing, like if they just keep forgetting the list, like Lance Ware is like a like a potential breakout player. I'd be like, what, what, yeah. what, how do they even like pay attention to what? Like, what, what are they even watching? <laughs> Fucking guy, Louisville fan over here, right? Like, oh, they're just they, they hate Calipari. Like, and, and, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, what I, makes, like that's, that's so like fun. That, like, it, it is like, bullshit. It is like I, especially with, with sports. We do the I same love thing it. With Joe Lenardo, 
like he we have this narrative that he hates the Big East. So he Andy Katz hates Xavier. Like it's it's just a thing, and you got to run with right. it. And your owner's a fan base. I know it's bullshit, but we fucking say it because why the fuck not? Well, I know the Big East. I know the Big East does it all the time with ESPN. Yes, sir. Of, of the five sports deal. Yeah, all they hate us. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm like, <laughs> it's no, an agenda. Like, do you people not, like? And like, I love the Big East. I love the Big East. Obviously, like, friendly with a lot of people at Xavier. Friendly with a lot of people at Nova. I've gotten to know people at Butler. And then we don't really claim them, though. I just like, you realize they're only doing this because of like money? Like, why wouldn't they? TV. Like, yeah. Yeah, they, they're not yeah. going to show highlights from Fox when they have ESPN highlights. I know. It just makes business sense. I know. 100%. Yeah. Can we talk about the probably the funniest thing of the offseason? This is right up your alley, too. I thought the whole Chris Mack, Coach Cal thing was the fucking nuke that college basketball needed in the middle of the offseason. What the fuck were you thinking when that shit was going down? I love it. Like It was awesome. I, I mean, I have fun with it, obviously, as a, as a Kentucky guy. And Kentucky just dominates Louisville. And like, <laughs> like, they just beat them every year. And it's awesome. But Michigan Ohio State vibes, yeah. Yeah, right. It, it kind of is. And yeah. so I like I've always liked Chris Mack. And so when he went to Louisville, it just didn't feel right. So I'm like, I don't hate this guy. Like I don't even hate Patino, but there was at least like the Calipari Patino storyline. Sure. It's like, okay, there's this guy from Cincinnati. There's no no connection. He doesn't have anything with Calipari. Kentucky fans don't hate Xavier, so it's not even, like, leftover hate. <laughs> and it's like, all right, like, beat them in year one, per usual. It happens. And, and, some then, juice. and then finally, like, when he did that, I was like, Let's yes, it's time to fucking hate Louisville again. <laughs> yeah. And We're I back. love it. Like, at the same time, like, I love that Mac did it because, like, poke the bear. Like, he should poke the bear. Sure. It's a rivalry. Like, I, well, that and, like, I, I'm so sick of players and coaches with just, like, the boring coach speak. Like, yeah. have personality. Like, say what you really want. Like, why, why not? What, what's right. this unwritten rule? Right, but, like, Jared also just kind of is like that. I so, know he is. When he said that, I was like, fuck, fuck this guy. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, well. Sounds awesome. Kind of awesome. And then when Calipari put out the video out, it got sped, and we sped it up, and then you slowed, slowed down it down. And all that. <laughs> so just good. an A plus move, like subliminally <laughs> putting that in there and having somebody purposely slow it down because everybody knew there was a message in there. When it's like, why is he speeding this up? You could see him pointing. It's like, what's going on here? I needed that in my life again. Like it was perfect. Event television. Everyone in college basketball is dissecting the video. Like right, Twitter's popping. Like we and needed for. That. For a day, day and a half, like people were talking about college basketball again, and and yep. and it's a niche sport. Like, I completely get it. it's a niche sport where football dominates the calendar. You know, February comes around after the Super Bowl, everyone kind of gets into college basketball. I, I totally get it, but it's awesome. Like those random days you can steal on Twitter and in the news of, I mean, that was the top story on every website for like. 12 hours, yeah. Yep. So, I, I love it. Like, as a college basketball guy, I, I just love it from a content standpoint. I loved it. Um, as a Kentucky fan, like, 
I love it because now I have a reason to just <laughs> fuck Chris Mack. But I still like, I still like Chris Mack. Right. Like, there's now this little extra juice of like, sure. all right, like, buddy, you're your little brother. Like, just, just <laughs> calm down there. Perfect rival head coach, though. Like, he will bring the juice. He has personality. Like, that's the perfect. thing. And, and Kentucky Louisville needed that because, you know, when, when Calipari got hired, it's like, oh, shit, Calipari and Patino hate, hate each other. They're, they're now like rivals. Yeah. It became very friendly at the end. Like, you know, Kentucky. You and, and, and part of it was Kentucky dominating Louisville. So it's like, Patino really Patino, didn't stand. Yeah, you never, you never really did anything. And then it was just like, they kind of made amends. And I was like, all right, well. Like now, only like the only like we're supposed to beat Louisville. Like the only bad thing that happens if we lose. Now it's like all right, if Mac can get, especially if Mac can get Louisville going and like mm-hmm. you know keep them as this consistent top fifteen type team. Now we could get like this rejuvenation in the rivalry, um, because I, I like I want coaches to hate each other. Yeah, hundred percent. That makes it beautiful. <laughs> I got a question, Andy, uh, or, or you can go. I have one because uh, you were talking about how Calipari can get a commitment on the on the spot. Now Shaka Smart came in with this fascinating new hairdo. Would yeah. you commit to him on the spot? No, I said I I wrote a blog saying I'm out on Texas. Like <laughs> I got him going 38 and up. <laughs> no, like they're they're not going to win a game. Like you can't. <laughs> You can't have that hair when you're on the hot seat. But I get it. Like, you're looking for a change. Like, maybe he figured out how to run an offense. <laughs> maybe. Like, you can't have that hair. You can't look like a mix of Borat and Nick Wright. Because <laughs> that's what he looks like. And everyone on Twitter made that joke. And I was just like, well, that's the only thing I see now. You can't, can't see that. No, I'm like, hey, listen, when you, when you go bald, you commit to the ball law. It's not, especially later in life. Like if you do it as a joke, you do it in college, whatever. When you truly commit to ball life, like you, you don't get, you don't get to take that. You know, like all right, I'm gonna grow hair from the middle of my goddamn head, like an asshole. <laughs> oh, dude, big Stephen A. vibes. Yeah. Like his his hairline is where LeBron's is. It's horrible. <laughs> Uh, do you give Greg Marshall a puncher's chance of getting a job ever again, or is it over? He's getting a job. Yeah. Like, I, listen, like, he had so much on-the-court success. And, he, like, yes, the allegations are serious, especially in today's age. Like, 100%. Y- you can't put a hand on a kid. You can't say some of the things he said. You know, you can't attack your assistant coach. Um, <laughs> but – This is all news to me. But he is – incredibly successful enough of a career yeah from a from a coaching standpoint that in two years from now if it won't be a high profile job right like he's not gonna get he's not gonna get a blue blood job but like let's say one of those mid-tier big 10 big 12 you think you can punch on that level if if you're like kansas state and you move on from Bruce Weber, and I said, "Hey, you can hire Craig Marshall right now." When you say yes, I mean, why not? Right? Like you deal with the backlash early. You have a short leash with him if another report comes out. Obviously, like you put right up the contract. Oh, hundred like, percent. Yeah. You know, 
you're you're covered from like a buyout clause if that happens. But like, if you're Kansas State, you move on from Bruce Weber, and I give you the chance right now and say you can either hire Greg Marshall or try to find anybody else. I bet you would like I would hire Greg Marshall. Are you surprised that Rick Pitino settled for Iona? No, no. Like, you know, New York City or right outside New York City. It's a small job to where he can get back into college basketball. Um, because, again, like, what major program is going to take a risk on him? Like, St. John's passed. Like, 100%. That might have that been a chance. But. I thought that was a surefire one, St. John's and Rick Pitino. Right. But you got to remember, like, he's up there in age. Like, do you really. Right. St. John's is trying to find something and, and get some stability there. Like. You know, if he's only there for four or five years, you're now on your, what, fourth coach in, like, 16 I years? Yeah. I know. Um, so, I, I mean, I want to make sense. Like, they're a really, really good mid-major. They win the MAC, you know, the, the MAAC a lot. Yeah. Why not? Because, like, maybe he gets – maybe he does, you know, you never – I always take whatever he says with a grain of salt. He says it's, this is his last stop, but, like – Again, if one of those power six schools come calling, maybe he looks at it and, and says, all right, I can do this for five more years. I got a question. So there has maybe not been a bigger rise in all of sports as far as a brand perspective as Kentucky's own Tyler Hero. Yeah. What have you made of his last two, three months? I mean, he's the best. Like, <laughs> he's, he's a goat. <laughs> the most impressive thing he's done was like become best friend with Jimmy Baller. <laughs> Which is kind of hard to do sometimes. As a rookie, like as a rookie, your best friend is Jimmy Butler. Like he should have won MVP. <laughs> Just for that reason alone. Specifically for that reason, yes. And, and he was an absolute killer in the playoffs. He was incredible. Yeah. yeah, he was. I mean, but that's also like his game. Like he, I, I know there's like a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths with the way he played against Auburn in the Elite Eight, but like. Sweet 16 game, he hits the game winner against Houston. Like, he typically shined when the lights were the brightest. Like, yeah. he loves the moment. And he has that mentality, and I absolutely yeah. love that about him. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, like, you know, if you're in the NBA, you pretty much have that. He is, his is definitely, like, you know, accentuated a little bit more. But yeah, some players need that. Like, that's what he thrives on. Yeah, Hero's having a good time. I don't know if you see the uh, see the Instagram pictures. He's having, he's having fun. Yeah, he's having fun. <laughs> and do you have any more questions? Uh, well, I kind of want to get uh, want you to get into the most underrated Twitter account on the planet, which oh, is that fundamentally sound. Oh, so my, good. My, my old podcast Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I mean, it's fun. Like it's something different. Um, it's been around now for a few years, but. Uh, yeah, it's always funny when, like, a tweet from there goes viral. And I'm like, oh, yeah. like <laughs> That's a thing. I'm like, how about for my account, too? Right. Um, <laughs> but whatever. It helps grow my brand. So. Burners on the move, man. Burners on the move. It's not even a burner. Like, my name's <laughs> on it. I know. I know. And we know it's you. <laughs> right. Like, I should just start tweeting out, like, random things from it to see if people, like. See what sticks. It's not, like, like, fighting people with it. I might like just take my name out, and just act like it's a burner account, but not change anything else. Like keep the logo the same. It'll blow up. Right. Um, I got one more um, question. Um, I want you to make an impulsive Thursday night football pick that they'll hear tomorrow. Oh God! What is it? What's the line? Titans Colts. Um, 
everyone's playing, right? Corey Davis is playing. No Brown big play. injuries. Where's the game at? It's at. I'm getting. It's Indian one. In Indy. In, oh, and sorry, in Tennessee. Give me Tennessee. I know Indy's run defense is good. Give me Tennessee. I would take Tennessee too. All right. Before we get to rapid fire real quick, really appreciate your time, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no problem. We'll get, you, we'll get you out here. This has been awesome. Uh, Andy, he's got a real guy, kind of a Joey Votto vibe going on right now. With the hair and the beard. With the hair and the beard. Oh, yeah. The, the, the not shaving, not shaving for look, a month man. look. It's a good it's, look, bro. It's, like, it's, it's not even like it's past the itchy stage. I always have a beard, but not obviously this thick. It's past like the itchy stage, and now it's like the playing stage. So – it might have to stay. I haven't figured. Is there it like out a yet. threshold though? Like, did you like once you got past itchy stage? I'm wondering because I never get past it. I'm always, I always bitch out. Is yeah, it, like, I mean, is, is the grass I, greener over there? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I just, I'm lazy. Like, I hate shaving, which is <laughs> the worst. Why I had a beard to begin with, but I, like now I have like a beard trimmer or whatever to keep it a certain life. But I have to shave my head every damn day, so like <laughs> that's even more annoying. But yeah, like I don't know. I've it's winter time. It's November. Yeah, we're not. You keep it going. I, I quarantining the, for the most part. Yeah. yeah, like I leave the house a few times to like try to get dinner or something. But <laughs> so, I might I have mean, to feed people. Le- right. Leaning into it. Like, my last care. question before we get to rapid fire is: What do you think of my boy's wallpaper? How elite is that shit? What? I can't see it. It's just. It's like his wallpaper from like 1997. <laughs> just a bunch of like cartoon dump trucks and shit. Oh God. Yeah, that's impressive. And he has had sex in there, so not too no, That's even more impressive. <laughs> even more impressive. <laughs> Almost All exclusively right, here. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two times I've had been there. Riggs, are you ready for some rapid fire? You got the game face on? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's get it. All right, pretzels or chips? Pretzels. W. What's your favorite season? Fall. Correct. Favorite chapstick flavor? I don't like chapstick. That's the, that's the correct answer. <laughs> what day do you start listening to Christmas music? Um, whenever I feel like it. Like, there is no set date. Well, November 1. Like, November <laughs> 1 could be the set date, though. Who are you taking number one in the NBA draft? Anthony Edwards. W- favorite WNBA team? Uh, go Liberty. Nice. <laughs> if you could get a pet and it's not a dog or a cat, what is it? Not a dog or a cat. Not a dog or a cat. Uh, give me a monkey. Okay. <laughs> Favorite Disney movie. Uh, so I hate like the Disney cartoons. Oh. Um, I'm not like a cartoon Fired. fan. So like, like Mighty Ducks count. That's a Disney movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> Quack. We'll go Mighty Ducks. Quack. All right. <laughs> PlayStation Five or Xbox Live or Atari. Your call. N64. That's fucking goat shit. Winner. Wildest spring break of your life? Uh, senior year all throughout Florida. <laughs> Went on the tour. <laughs> kind of, pretty much. <laughs> most, most punchable face in SEC hoops history. Oh, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> currently, like, John Fulkerson from Tennessee, like, give me a ladder, let me climb up to that seven-foot monster and just punch him in the face. Um, I'll, I'll allow it. Fulkerson. Grant Williams has Grant Williams had a punchable face. Give it a lot of me. Tennessee guys. Um, <laughs> They've had a ton. I, I'm trying to think like who else. There's maybe some guys from Florida. I'm oh, Florida had some. Yeah, Joe Kim Noah today. 
he, not like Noah didn't even have like a punchable face just because he was like the giant galoof that just like <laughs> pissed everybody off. Like maybe like Brett Nelson back in the day from Florida or like Teddy Dupay kind of had a punchable face. <laughs> Those are some names. I love it. I'm trying, like, yeah, there's got to be a couple guys from like. What? Oh, I know who it was. He just graduated last year. Fucking Mike Coatsart from. He looked like <laughs> Michael Shannon from South Carolina. I hated that guy. He was there forever. Let me punch <laughs> that guy. I love the light bulb that just went off. Like, oh, that's definitely this guy. <laughs> What's your favorite car in the Honda line? Uh, Honda Civic, I guess. Everyone has I'll take it. <laughs> Every day, favorite, Adam, favorite Adam Sandler movie. God, it's so tough between the two, but I'll go Happy Goldmore. Yeah, that's legendary. That's fair. All right, you're in the final four. A few questions. Which Marshall are you taking, Greg or Henderson? Marshall. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Dickie V, washed or no? As an announcer, yes. On Twitter, no. <laughs> Super facts. All right, last question. What's your favorite Bill Walton moment? Oh my God. Um, so I actually met Bill Walton, and he came to my high school in Pennsylvania when I was <laughs> so cool. And I'm so mad it was like before he really was like off the rails, Bill Walton. <laughs> right. I can see. I was like, I was like, a, I was like a junior, and I remember like, so my principal taught AP history. I was in like AP history, and he was there for like our yearly. Um, fundraiser for like boosters and all that you know sure they always had a, a keynote speaker or whatever so he came in and you know my principal was like oh like you know here's our our point guard you know, who say hi to bill i was like i got it guy and <laughs> I, got it. I wish like looking back on it that i was like this bill walton and this me where i was like all right tell me everything you smoke <laughs> like Teach me. Let me. Can you like? Can we go on a bike ride together? <laughs> and I, but, so there's so many good moments. Like him biting into the lit cupcake will never get old. Literally him, never. Him. Um. He asked how Dave Pash's dog was, and his dad, his dog died like two years before. Jesus. On live television, he once told a story. Um. Florida was playing – I forget who they were playing, but Canyonberry, who is Rick Barry's son, was playing. Um, and Bill Walton just drops a line about, you know how Canyon got his name? It's because Rick and his wife conceived him in the Grand Canyon. And I was like, yep, that sounds exactly about right. Going with it. That's up there. Him at the Blazers game two years ago where he That's was just fitting. high as shit standing at the end of the bench – just hands on his hip, smiling. Like that image of him is just perfect. I it's just there's there's so many. When he when they had him in the college football on ESPN two, they had like the random room of people, and he was just yeah. sitting there in like an Uncle Sam outfit, hat and all. And they came back from commercial, and he was just rambling on about how we need to be legal. I'm like, yeah, like I don't know what we're doing here, but this is right. So. Hard. Literally any moment of Bill Walton after like 2008. <laughs> I remember like he uh, he was um, calling a baseball game because they had him and Pash call a baseball game on TBS. He was like so impressed that a guy struck out the side and he's like, "It was like him and him and him and Benetti called the White Sox together." Oh, was it the White Sox? Yeah, and, he did the White Sox game last year. 
and he was like, he like had, it was like he had peanut butter in, in his mouth. Yep. He was like, I wonder what the record is for most strikeouts in an inning. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's so good. Like I say it all the time. Like I don't, you know, with Twitter, with my own eyes, everything. Like you can get the knowledge of like what an analyst used to need to be. I just want to be entertained now, and like. <laughs> That's why Walton's so great on Thursday and Saturday nights. <laughs> Getting drunk and watching Bill Walton call Colorado yeah, like, versus Oregon State. You all of a sudden, you're it. like six bourbons in, and you're like, oh, yeah, like I agree with Bill Walton. It's time for me to go to sleep. <laughs> Miles Bridges just dunked me, so I'm out his favorite bridges. I'm here for it. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, sure. Go. Sure. <laughs> Run it up, Bill. But we really appreciate your time, Riggs. Thanks for coming on bullshitting with us, man. It was awesome. Yeah, man. No problem. Talk to you guys later. Talk to you later, man. Go Cats. Andy Bobby Riggs. Whoa. And I just kind of like I just kind of sat there, shut up, and let him talk because the dude knows basketball. He is just awesome to talk basketball with. You ever play pickup ball, Andy? And it's like you know your own game. You know what I mean? Like I'm a good basketball player against normal people. But you ever go to like a pickup gym and it's like dudes are in there and you're playing five on five and you're just, just like getting them down the court like I don't belong here. That was that was that was what it was, that was what it was like interviewing Bobby Riggs. Like he's just a pro. Like we got on before the interview, dude sighs and like rubs his face, and then you just saw him go into the zone, and then he was just on. The light was on, and he just went after it, dude. And like you can even ask a shitty question to a pro, and they just turn into an awesome response. And that's Bobby Riggs. And, and he, he, I feel like he did that with some of my questions because, you know, <laughs> I, know, I don't have the smartest questions of all the time. <laughs> yeah, it was like a shit question. And, like, you could see him absorb it for, like, two seconds. He's like, that was a shit question. And then he just, like, morphed it into a really good answer. I was like, that was professional shit. <laughs> I couldn't do that. <laughs> dude, he's got game, dude. I would have made that look really bad. That's like, when you strike out, it looks good. When I strike out, it's ugly, man. <laughs> dude, he was great. And and like, like I said, he just he know he knows the game, knows sports, and especially knows college basketball. Dude. But brings a whole different personality to it than other analysts. Sometimes with the bar school guys, I think sometimes the bar school guy, like, I don't know, man. Sometimes I think that they're just like cheeky, like they're just trying to make a joke out of everything. Like, and I kind of underestimated his sports knowledge. Because, like, you see some of the Barstool stuff, and it's, like, making a joke about this, talking about The Bachelorette, like, yada, yada, yada. Just making, like – just kind of talking about, like, every single thing that's a joke in sports, which is great. It's funny. But I really, really underestimated his knowledge of college basketball. He could be an analyst if he wanted Holy to. Holy shit, dude. If he, that if shit he wanted runs to go deep. down that route and just be serious all the time, then he could. But Like, in the first five to. minutes, I was like, god damn, this dude knows his shit. And I just sat there and shut up. Yeah, it was awesome, dude. He was absolutely fantastic to have on and super appreciative. And he's not going to hear this, but thank you, Bobby Reeks. <laughs> <laughs> the off chance if you listen to this part right here. Thank you, Bobby Reeks. Thank you for making no time for us. People you've never heard of. Chance. But Andy, awesome week in sports. Uh, the NBA is back. But first, action in the Sintas Center. You were a part of the, the elite, the 300, uh, students only, the super senior Andy Pick in the building. <laughs> the eight-year freshman that never – let you and Rick in there. the freaking building. Tweet, <laughs> tweet of the day, Rick Brohring. Just saw Andy and Sintas alerted, alerted security immediately. 
it was the logic. right thing to do and it's good sense right there yeah it's really like this it's it's the smart thing like he did he did the right <laughs> thing for the people yeah thank you for keeping us all safe rick i slept way better that night andy before i express my distaste why don't you talk to us about what you saw man what impressed you and uh this will be my first time because I didn't want to look at it. Uh, <laughs> who impressed you out there and what, what stuck out to you? So the biggest things that stuck out to me, of course, I mean, when, it, when it's a scrimmage, you look at what you don't know. With guys like Fremantle, Scruggs, Kiki, we know who they are. We know who Jason Carter is. Um, yeah. But there, Jason Carter was someone that kind of impressed me a little bit in the sense that he was stepping into shots with confidence. Even the, That's exactly what we asked, asked him to do. Uh, he is. He was stepping in in rhythm. Even the ones he missed, they looked good. He gave himself a shot. Love seeing that. He also rebounded the ball pretty well. Um, but the two guys that really stuck out to me were Colby Jones, because he was doing stuff that we did not expect from him, which was be a great playmaker. Yeah, that's he, what I've heard. Like the the first the first half, he had. You know, three assists right in a row and they were perfect. They were a lot of them were in transition, drew the defense, dumped it off to Ben Stanley or Brian Griffin. They, they were absolutely beautiful. We knew he can score the ball. We knew he um, is a, is a good three level score and especially on, on the inside and mid range, but we never really heard much about his playmaking, playmaking ability. We heard about his defense, but his passing was top notch. Um, so he, That's impressive. he impressed me. It was really good to see him. Uh, Pretty rebounded well, too. And he, he can get up there. I did not expect his house to be up there uh, that well. But he he's an athletic guard. And big he's going to be big. Big. He's strong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited for him. I think he fairly, I mean, um, further inserted himself in the starting lineup. Um, Nate Johnson. Which is interesting because Nate Johnson had a big game too. Nate Johnson had a huge game. So I think he personally outplayed Colby. Um, so he was shooting all over the floor in the second half. Yeah. He had um, three threes in the second 16. half. Yeah. Um, he, the, the one that impressed me the most was not just not his threes. We knew he could do that. Um, there was one he took two, um, a pump fake, two dribbles. Fade away from the um, from right outside the paint. Looks like um, his mid game is pretty nice too. Mid range game is awesome. He can score at more than a three and D guy. Yeah, he's he's definitely not just a shooter. Um, the one that impressed me the most that I loved it happened right in front of my face. He caught it on the um, baseline in the corner. One pump fake, one dribble, floater, right over Brian Griffin. Nothing but net. Beautiful. Like that's yeah. when that that was the moment I'm like wow. This guy, he's going to be able to do it from all over the floor. He was yep. scoring from um, – he, he hit from the wing, from the corner, uh, from the mid-range, and from the inside. Yeah. I, I'm so excited about Nate Johnson. He is, he is my guy. The guy that impressed me the most, I think the true winner of that scrimmage was Brian Griffin. My dog. Brian Griffin was some someone that we really didn't know much about, like how he's going to contribute. But let me tell you, he he was a there, he showed spurts of dominance, not just capability, dominance Jeez. on the inside. There, uh, he put Jason Carter on a poster, 
Um, it was a second chance. We went up, grabbed the rebound with authority, and just said, you know what? Here's my nutsack in your face. And <laughs> just put the baby to bed. And Jason Jeez. Carter played real well. He played defense real well. Just Brian, Carter's no slouch on the inside. He, he is no slouch. Like, Carter's bulked up. He's, he played really well on the inside. He was strong. But Brian Griffin just was just determined. And he, he, he grabbed that low, rebound and just went right up there and nearly pulled the, pulled the rim down. He was awesome. And then uh, his defense and rebounding was much more than, than I expected. He grasped – I know one question mark they had about him was his ability to grasp the system. Um, if you read what Musketeer Report wrote, um, that they said exactly that, um, his, his ability to grasp the system. But he looked so much in a flow. They were getting the ball into him on the block. He was making good post moves. And – he and Stanley kind of fin- um, struggled finishing at the beginning, but they both um, came along, and Griffin had a couple, a couple of nice tip-ins. Stanley um, just showed he is detrimental from the left block. Him going to the left side is going to be incredible. Once he finally gets his fucking waiver, he's going to be a stud. That's awesome, man. And, and I'd say the um, – I, I, I do want to talk about Deontay Miles a little bit. Um, Deontay, the, he was another big question mark because we really don't know who our backup center is going to be. I right now I do think it is Brian Griffin. I think he kind of um took took a lead in that. But Deontay Miles is one of our best defenders. Him on the inside is going to wreak havoc. They specifically brought him in at the end to play defense, and it was flawless. White team was up by two, and with about you know, 18 seconds left, so it was, it was, um, there was 18 seconds on the shot clock, 25 seconds left. So they brought Miles in, and he shut down the middle of the paint. It was, he did it with the help side. Um, Nate Johnson got a um, – was, was hit for what should have been a wide-open layup, but um, Deontay hustled his ass over there, and he got in his – he just inserted himself and got in his way, shut him down, and made uh, Nate Johnson pass out. I, I, he ran that perfectly. He, uh, his defense, his help defense and help and de- defense on screens is much more than I expected. He moves the moves really well. He swatted Kiki into God knows where. <laughs> and what, um, he does have a bit of control issues in the sense that he lost the ball a couple times. So he had a couple of mishaps on offense. There were a couple of times where he went up and grabbed a rebound and got knocked away from him. So he does need to be a little stronger with the ball, but once he um, got established into the game and he like got, kind of had, had a little bit of a um, little more, more confidence, he backed Brian Griffin down and had a beautiful jump hook over with his left. Oh. Wow. So that and he um, ran the ran the floor real well. Dwan hit him with a beautiful pass and transition, and he didn't even have to dunk it. He laid it in nice and soft. So yeah. he's got some, he's got some touch around that basket. That's something that they really worked with him during his redshirt year, and it has paid off. So Deontay Miles, he has a bright future here, and his we, we should get excited about twenty two, especially when uh, we lose Brian Griffin next year. He's gonna. Um, step up and it's going to be him and Fremantle. So, and he's, he's basically the new Fremantle in training starting now. And he's, I think he's going to get about, you know, 10 or so minutes um, 
early in the year. And we'll see if he gains some or loses some with that opportunity. I personally think he's going to gain some because he looks determined. He has, has a good head on him. Even when he made mistakes, he made up for them with his defense. Absolutely loved what I saw from him. And he had spurts of absolute greatness. Yeah, he's got insane potential. And I think he's going to have moments this year on both sides of the spectrum, moments where you're like, God, Deontay, what are you doing? And then, got, and then moments where you're just like, holy crap, that kid's got NBA potential. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he the is, things that he can do. I mean, just like, like you said on the weak side, just covering ground. I mean, you're, you, when you're six foot 11 and you can move like that, uh, he, he just does things that most college players have no, no chance of ever doing. And uh, his dad even like asked me how he was doing because he, he couldn't watch it. Um, yeah. And like, and I, I had to be honest, yeah, he did have a couple mishaps, right. but I absolutely, I, I want, in scrimmages like that, I want guys to make mistakes because I want to see how they react to mistakes. If you're playing perfect in your first game, then something's wrong. You're not setting yourself up for success Yeah. because um, you, you got to battle through the adversity. I think he did that very, very well. Um, there was one play where um, he did – and he, he got the ball taken from him. Really just – he was trying to back back someone down, got, got the ball um, stripped from him, uh, poked away from him by a guard, and – and it was a turnover. He came back and played incredible defense and got the rebound and then hit him out, uh, um, got the ball out in transition. Yeah, it seems like a kid that has some character. Uh, it sounded like the big winners of the day were Griffin, Johnson, and Jones, the big winners of the day. Um, but, yeah, interesting stuff, man. Appreciate the yeah. breakdown. Oh, absolutely. I was, I was looking forward to finally talking some real – Xavier Hoops. Yeah, it only took me about four days to be able to hear that shit. Andy, that shit sucked for the other non-300 of us. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> that, was, that was a bitch. The big win, though, was getting called out on the freaking Centos intercom. <laughs> <laughs> and having the Xavier official count slide into my DMs like, hey, call off the dogs. <laughs> A huge day for Cap Industries. Great day for the brand. I feel like we could have gotten away with it on the low if we had been. Tweet that out. Yeah, if we had been more low key about it. But dude, my intention from day one has always always been to enhance the Xavier fan experience. Like, it's it's like the shit that I would want because I'm a fan. You know what I mean? Like the shit that I would want, like the the fan experience by the fan for the fan. Like when I was a kid, like I would have, like if I was a 13 year old and I had a Twitter, like I would want. I would want to find out where the freaking stream is, you know, like I want fans right. to be able to know where the stream's at, you know, people because we should be able to watch that shit. Oh, everyone was. Yeah. Like we should be able to know where the fuck the game is. Like it's a fucking stream. Uh, insert rant here. Andy, this is a program that got number one seed, had the biggest letdown in my mind in program history, lost its best head coach in program history. And then went to the NIT two seasons in a row. I don't care what anybody says. We weren't going to go to the tournament. We weren't. We went to the NIT two years in a row. And this fan base has stayed more than 1 million percent behind you. We're in the middle of fucking COVID. People can't go to do anything. Only 300 people were allowed there. We got nothing from Musketeer Madness. No video content other than like one little hype video. Musketeer Madness was a dud. Absolute dud. Big letdown. Because normally you get at least a half scrimmage out of that, like a 10-minute right. something. What we, what do we get? Trivia. And we're going to shut down the fucking scrimmage? Like a little shitty fucking stream? What the fuck are we doing? Like, like and 
I just thought it was that, a I don't know. The, the fact that parents – I'm sorry, I kind of cut off your rant. but uh, You're fine, dude. It's, uh, the fact that the players' parents had to follow Andy Pick 17 to find out what the <laughs> fuck's going on in the game. Like, first of all, they, they wanted to actually see the game. And, but no, they had to just read what I what my dumbass said, um, and for what reason? For scouting purposes? No, right. Bradley's coach thing. is not following me. I can if guarantee there was that. Any real practical reason not to do it? I guess I'd be here for it, and maybe it makes more sense to a college coach than it does to a burner on Twitter. I get that perspective, hundred percent. Like I'm a fan. I just want to see the team play. I like they get the X's and O's and the schematics and all that shit. But, 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 and I saw Rick say this on Muscle Report. Like, they were doing schematic shit and like actual, you know, stuff that you wouldn't want people to see. But it's like, dude, it's a shitty, grainy stream from a shitty point of view with 40 to 30 diehard fans and their parents. Like, Come on, dude. Like, you think fucking Jay Wright is like, let's go, dude. We got a stream. Captain <laughs> X. Let's go watch this stream that Not Andy Pick is doing today. Like, come on, bro. Like, and maybe, I don't know. Maybe Kevin Willard's burner is, is looking into that shit. I don't JP does know. follow me. Yeah, JP does follow you. But it's like, I don't know, man. Like, if it was me and I'm a Division One program uh, in that situation – I'm not trying to shoot down my fans' enthusiasm. That's me. I'm not Xavier. I don't know. But I just thought it was a shitty move, and I, I stand by that point. I mean, you know me. Um, I love Xavier, and I would normally defend anything. But I thought that was stupid. I'm sorry. I thought that was fucking dumb. Yeah, I, I was a little disappointed when, I, uh, when they made that announcement, and I felt, a little, um, I felt a little personally attacked when they announced it because I'm like, wait. Yeah, that, I, I, that was kind of it too, and that might have been that might have added to it a little bit because it did feel a little personal, uh, and you can't really take anything personal in life. No one really cares about you, <laughs> and people are just going to do what they would do to anyone doing exactly what you're doing in that, in that situation. But yeah, to get the DM from the, the official Xavier account to like have them called out on the intercom, like or on the PA system, I was just like, this feels like they're coming at us. Like, and it wasn't like they like dog us or anything. I mean, they're as polite as you could be, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it did feel a little personal. It did feel like, I don't know. It, and maybe that's just my point of view because, you know, they slid my DMs. <laughs> but, uh, and, I mean, I, I get it because I, I kind of felt should... that way. When they announced yeah. it, I, I kind of, like, hit a little bit. I'm like, oh, shit, like, that's, yeah, I know. that's me. That, that's about yeah. me. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that's about us. Like, we're the ones that caused that. So maybe it did feel a little bit personal. But And also, too, it's like I was looking forward to that all week, man. Like, all week we had seen, like, scrimmage Friday – or, like, Musketeer Madness Friday, scrimmage Saturday. I was like, oh, this is going to be a Xavier content goldmine this weekend. Basketball is about to start in a couple weeks. Like, this is going to be a huge way to kick it off, make it feel like basketball's back. Let's fucking go. And then Friday, like, Musketeer Madness wasn't really much of anything. So, I was like, okay, well, that was kind of a letdown. But we still got Saturday. We still got game day tomorrow. And I'm turning on X and give it to you. I go to the gym. Like, I'm getting all pumped up. I cut my workout early so I can come back and watch the scrimmage. And then – you know, three minutes before the must, before the scrimmage starts, I get some fucking clown with an egg on his fucking thing. Like, hey, man, they're telling people not to stream, like, just a heads up. And then, uh, like, literally 30 seconds later, the Musketeer, like, Xavier, Twitter, slides on my DMs, like, hey, can you shut down the stream? Like, thanks. And I was just like, dude, fuck this, dude. And like, it, it was just – It wouldn't have hurt so much if we didn't love the program so much. Yeah, dude, we just want to watch our fucking team. It's a fucking intra-squad scrimmage. I don't know, man. So, it, I mean, it is what it is. It just kind of – it just was like a 
ruined the Saturday. Like, it ruined my vibe for like four hours, dude. Like, I was pissed. Yeah, I, I was got myself not, off work. And... I was, yeah, dude. Like, I, I planned my day around that shit, bro. We're ready for basketball to start, man. Uh, we already lost fucking an NCAA tournament. Like, I don't know, man. Like, the world sucks. And we just want our goddamn basketball. But I don't know. And they can do whatever they want. And they don't, they don't owe us anything. Uh, but I don't know. Like, it's just kind of one of those sobering moments where it's just like, you, I don't know if you've ever seen Fever Pitch before, Jimmy Fallon. But, it, yes. he, like, there's this kid that's like, you love the Sox, but the Sox love you back. You know what I mean? It, it was kind of one of those sobering moments of just like, damn like you know what i mean like maybe it's i don't know like it's still like a business and they still just have to do whatever like you know what i mean like whatever so it was just kind of because college basketball to me has always felt special like i think that's one reason that like college basketball and xavier has been the number like the only team i've been able to like just completely stay behind over the years it's kind of like they're like my adult santa claus you know because like the Bengals and the reds and like i stopped drinking the kool-aid a long time ago because they're just a nasty corporation that just takes your money and doesn't give a shit about winning but with Xavier, it's always felt like they give a shit about the fans. They care about the product. They care about, you know, putting a winning product out there. Whether or not they're actually winning, they're trying. You know what I mean? They're trying to win. Right. I believe in the leadership. I believe in everything. Um, but that was just kind of like a – I think the fans deserve better. And, and that was just kind of a – it pissed me off, to be honest with you. Uh, it, it kind of sucked. And it kind of ruined the vibe because we were really climbing, like, vibe-wise for basketball. I'm like, dude, basketball's starting in two weeks. Let's fucking go. We got to scrimmage. Yeah. So it just kind of ruined the vibe, and it was just kind of a shot to the nads. But, you know, so it goes. I, you know, they know better than I do what's best for the team. And if it stopped one assistant coach from Bradley seeing the film, I guess it was worth it. Fucking stupid. Sorry, Sorry that was fucking stupid. I mean, it <laughs> – it did help me a little bit. I gained like 25 followers on Saturday. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, glad, that, I'm glad it benefited you, man. Like, I'm glad I'm, something I'm came out of the it. the only fan it benefited at all. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad it benefited you. That's awesome. I just, I just, just think shooting down to... your entire fan, like, you're, I just think they're shooting down your, and then too, dude, it was the tweets of like, we got a close game, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Like, they're just like feeding into yeah, it. Yeah, sweet. Like, awesome. I'm really glad I didn't get to see that. Dwan Odom in fucking transition. Like, cool yeah like that's that's a little shit like, like you like you've already and it was like every single one of those it was like multiple comments like thank god i didn't get to see that like that was sucked <laughs> you know what i mean like like if it, if a xavier player falls in cintas but no one's there to hear it does it actually happen like it was just like what what are you guys doing like it was funny though because most xavier anything they could tweet like they could tweet like onions and it would get like 300 likes they were getting like 25 <laughs> per <laughs> thing yeah, it Everybody's was bad. Just so pissed. Yeah. And I was like, I hope you know I'm intentionally not liking this right now. I know you're not going to notice, but I'm intentionally It's not like liking. when you leave the rece- read receipts on so, you know, <laughs> yeah. so they know you're ignoring them. Right, right. We're just a little salty because there's just nothing else, you know, going on or whatever. And right. Yeah, whatever. So, I don't know. It is what it is, but um, but I'm glad you got to see it, and I appreciate the update. It was just a, a, a shot to the Nats, shot to the weekend. On a, po- on a positive note, it may have looked a little ugly, but there are a lot of good things that came about. Um, like Paul Scruggs clutched up, hit a corner three to go ahead um, in, in the final minute. I think they um, drew, up, drew up a couple of good plays to get guys some good shots. And Colby's not afraid to shoot. That's good. He's, That's good, man. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it was also, a positive from a game perspective for sure. Dwan shot a three and Jason Carter hit a three. So there's some two positives. Neither one of them are afraid. That's good, man. That's good. So we'll move on from the Xavier stuff here um, and get on to the drama show real quick. That's NBA basketball. The NBA was like 
Forget about me. I'm here. <laughs> and it's not even like much actually happened. It's just yeah, um, just drama, just bullshit drama. Like no one wants to be in Houston. Um, CP3 is now in Phoenix. Um, and Milwaukee so, way overvalued Drew Holiday. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. And, if you can give up Holiday for three first round picks, and then also, dude, if I'm starting a dynasty mode, I'm starting with the Pelicans. Oh God. Holy yeah. shit. Like I mean, I know they Drew Holiday had that. Up. He had that good playoff run. He played real well that series. Drew um, man, he's a, a good, good player. player. But... He's no KCG, but. He's a good player. <laughs> yeah, he's a good player. I would not in a million years, unless I'm like a second, like a lower market team and I have to keep a superstar, I'm not trading three first-round picks for Drew Holiday. Like, no. not even close. No. Um, but I understand they had to do what they had to do. They, they have to do everything they can to try and keep Giannis happy. And I get right, that. And they just got to show Giannis that we're trying to get you pieces. We'll do everything what we can. With LeBron, yeah. like, LeBron left, and they showed zero interest in getting in pieces. Yep. You have to shoot that shot, yeah. so I get it. And I think it was the right move. By and they also made team. a move for um, – uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, yeah. who's a good from the, player. From the, he's a really good shooter. And they helped yeah. him spread the floor, which was something they, they were missing. That. But they also gave up a shooter. They all, they gave up Dante Divincenzo in that trade. Mm-hmm. I think Divincenzo is actually a pretty good prospect. He's, uh, but, but like, there's a reason they traded for him. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's actually a pretty good, pretty good prospect. Um, so yeah, it was interesting, man. And then I love just like the drama of just like Kelly Oubre being used as a model by Phoenix just to get rid of him. Like, <laughs> that shit was great. Harden doesn't want anything to do with Houston, which is wild. And Houston doesn't give a fuck. They're like, we're cool, no. just hanging tight. Like we don't give a and, shit if you want out. Like, on you. You're, you're our, he, he turned down fifty million dollars. That's insane. Which I tweeted this today. I am not shocked that. Um, Harden declined that. I am shocked they offered it to him. Why right. the fuck are you offering James Harden fifty million dollars a year? The guy's never won shit. You're just ca- you're just capping yourself. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, you never want to cap yourself. <laughs> no, cap that. sucks. You never want to cap yourself. I think it's just Houston, like trying to stay relevant. Like because with James Harden, you're at least in the conversation. Right. You know, without, like you're always. Him, you're always a piece away. You know what I mean? But, like, without Harden, you're, like, two or three or four pieces away. You're in rebuild mode if, when, when Harden yeah. goes. With, with, if you have Harden, you're always in arm's reach, you know? You're always just, like, one free agent away from being a contender. Um, but I don't know. That's a shit ton of money, even for James Harden. That's a shit ton of money. Too much money. Um, but it's interesting. He wants to, he wants to go to Brooklyn. Uh, Philadelphia's good, trying to get him. Yeah, good luck having an organization run smoothly that has Kyrie as its third option. Yes. Um, because we saw what happened was the second option. Oh, freak. Dude, I cannot stand Kyrie Irving. I'm sorry. Kyrie Irving. I would never, ever say anything about his talent. He is ridiculously skilled. I think he's the most skilled basketball player of all time. Just pure skill. Pure basketball skill. Ball handling, shooting, that kind of stuff. Steph Curry's right there. Uh, pure skill, Andy. Like, pure basketball skill. Not athleticism, not value, just pure skill. Just uh, the way he can his his handle his is are ridiculous. ridiculous, dude. His handle plus shot. If you look at just handle and shot, basketball players all time. I would take I would take him over everybody. The combination of handle and shot. Steph Curry might maybe Steph Curry, but those two, dude. His handle is absolutely ridiculous, dude. His skills off the charts. I just think he's an absolute cancer. And I just think there's a, just a point where it's just like enough is enough. Like we know what he is. He's a cancer. So, right. Yeah, I mean, like, great talent. 
And if he can, if he can absorb the two like he did with LeBron, huge talent. He was exactly what LeBron needed. He was a perfect compliment to LeBron. But when he's plays his head games and he's, you know, he wants he to is be the he, guy, and now he's going to be on a team with Kevin Durant and James. Kind Durant. of mentally to me, he's kind of like what Russell Westbrook used to be. You know, like an insane talent, but I wouldn't want him on my team to win. No. I'm going to say that way with James Harden. I don't want him on my team. I don't feel the same way about Harden as I do I don't about think it's those the same. Two. I don't think it's the same reason. I don't think Harden's exactly a cancer. I don't think it's more like in his it's head. Different. It's different. I hear what you're saying. Style. I, mean, I hear what you're saying in that regard. But I, I kind of view, as, at least with the mental stuff, uh, similarly about Kyrie and, and Russ. Um, but it's interesting, man. And we got the draft tomorrow night. Uh, or tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, interested to see what happens there. I don't think it's like the most star-studded class of all time, but it's a very, it's draft very night. weak class. But it's draft night. It's draft night, and then also too draft night. You never know trades. Trades happen trades on draft night all the time, uh, so it's going to be fun, man. And then also you've got a. I'm not excited about this. I'm honestly tired of seeing him on Instagram. Lamelo balls in the mix. It's just interesting, but I do just love draft night, man. Draft night's well, just cool. Here's the reason I love draft night. I love draft night so I can stop fucking hearing about draft night. <laughs> exactly. I can't stand all the lead up like, who's going number one? Why it's can't you most, do this? It is one of the worst things in sports. And I feel the same way with the NFL draft. I, I hate I hate pre-draft coverage. Yeah, it's the like, worst. The Timberwolves know exactly who they're going with. They're going, <laughs> they, they, they know who exactly. And it's the biggest picking. bust of the draft. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think I don't think Miles Powell is going to be that big of a bust. <laughs> I'm shocked that Miles Powell is projected to go earlier. I, that's what I don't get about NBA GMs. If they would just use their fucking brain, then like it would be so much easier. You saw exactly what he did in college. I don't yeah, care if he's I mean, 22 and this other guy's 19. You I saw I... exactly what he did on the floor. Why is that not taken into consideration? It's definitely potential over production for sure. Uh, and I get it in some, in some cases because, I mean, I, I, I remember I would scream at the TV. I remember Andy, I screamed at the TV when I was a kid, and the Lakers took Andrew Bynum over Sean May. I was like, over Sean May? Are you kidding me? And then Andrew Bynum became an all-star, and Sean May was a marginal basketball player. So, I mean, I get it. They know what they're doing. But there are times where I'm like, this dude can just flat-out play. You know, but I get it. I mean, certain players just don't have the ceiling of other, you know, of other players just based I know on they're looking height and ceiling, But why not? Certain just things you can't teach, but dude can produce, man. And I think he's built for the NBA. I really do. He is. And like he's got he's got range. He can score from just about anywhere on the floor. He's got a quick trigger. And and then it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Najee, man. I, I cannot believe, and I love Najee Marshall, but this is another one of those production over, over. Uh, or potential overproduction because he's kind of the opposite of what Trey was super high production level, but was just, was a little undersized, a little under athleticisms, uh, not a word, but I just tried to make it work. Uh, <laughs> but Najee's the opposite. And I'm not saying Najee didn't produce, but now he didn't produce the level Trey did, but he's just a freak athlete. He's a big, big wing that can, ha- that can handle six, seven wing that has six, seven, good seven, foot athlete, his seven, shots gotten seven foot wingspan. Uh, he just, he's got the ceiling that Trey could never have, you know? Um, but it, it's interesting. And I've seen him as high as 39th, yeah. which to me is wild. Uh, I'm thinking but, 50th, maybe. Yeah. If he get, I was thinking we went in the NBA draft. I was thinking if he gets if he'd drafted. Be lucky to get drafted, yeah, he'd be lucky to get drafted. That's what I thought. Um, but it'll be interesting, man. I mean, I, he's certainly got the potential. He's a great prospect, um, but it'll be fun, man. It, it'll be I, fun. It's draft night and I'm ready for it to be over. Honestly. 
With Najee, I think I do th- personally think that a team should give him a chance, whether it's in the summer league, a G League contract, or drafting him in the second round. He deserves a chance because, I mean, you, you can't look at a, um, a 6'7 guy that can shoot and he's a great defender as well. I, you can't look at that and not give it a chance. He's athletic as fuck, great, like I said, huge wingspan, and great defender. You got to at least give that a shot. But as high as 39th? Yeah, I don't know about all that. I, I mean, I heard he's gotten a lot better in the offseason, but he's looked know, a lot better. Depends on the team believes in it. And it's just like at at this level, bro, like every single NBA prospect is a freak athlete. Every single NBA prospect was a dog in college, like that whole deal. It's just about who's going to put in the work and who's going to commit to the game and who's going to just put in more work than the next guy. I mean, you look at a guy like Paul Millsap, who was like not much of a prospect. I mean, he was fine, but like just worked on his game, dude. And he like – found a you know his his prime was he was like 32 you know it's just about who's going to put in the work bro it's not about who the best prospect is in my opinion it's about who's going to put in the work they're all great prospects unless you're a freak like zion uh but but we'll see man we'll see it's just if someone can believe in him and he can put in the work he'll be a good nba player and like you said i'm ready for it to be fucking over i know lamella is going number one to the timberwolves i just dude i, I like do not pick. give a shit about lamella ball yeah, i think he's gonna be a fine player it. like i think he's a good prospect but I just don't understand the ball thing. Like, I thought we were over that, like, two years ago. Well, the nice thing about LaMelo is he cut off his dad. We're not going to hear yeah, from LaVar. Was, like, LaVar's gone. And the media is done with LaVar. The media is yeah. completely done with LaVar. So it's, it's but all, it's but there's be all still a LaMelo. fascination with the ball brothers, dude. Like, he will still get talked about way more than Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman. Oh, he will. For sure. Um, I personally, I like the pick. As a Timberwolves fan myself, I think that'd be a very good pick. I th- the two guys I have on I have my eye on are Anthony Edwards and Lamelo Ball. I know I'm really reaching in that. That's a big bold take. Um, right, very bold. Uh, I do think Lamelo's going to be the guy. I'm um, just he's he's like a six six guard. And to, I think he's a really good prospect. Pair that with D'Angelo Russell, and you, you have, you're you're in business. So I think he's going to be a big part of the future. Um, but I'm just ready for it to be over. I can't – that's one thing I love about the Timberwolves picking first. As soon as they pick, I can turn it the fuck off. Exactly. Yeah. Then it, that's – I think it's great about being a T-Wolves fan. You don't have to watch much draft. <laughs> uh, Every year. Almost year in and year out. Andy, good talk, man. You want to get to the mailbag? I think it is time before you are a single man and I get my throat slit. <laughs> Facts. In one foul swoop. <laughs> And Kobe is having sex with a pillow. <laughs> oh, good. And having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Love me some abstinence. Happy pillow. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to teach him about no nut November, but he might have to take a year off. He's too horny right now. It'll be no. It'll be no nut lifetime after this. Let's get this ball. No nut soon. lifetime. Let's go. <laughs> this is the way. I'm going right after him though. <laughs> All right. This is from. One of my best friends, Cincy Sports Zone. Fucking Ohio State people. Get out of here. Thoughts on New Mexico this upcoming basketball season? What do you think about number seven? Love the Aggies. But Love the Aggies. New Mexico State. Um, uh, they are, they are the, New Mexico is the Lobos. The Lobos. <laughs> so Lobos. I'm very high, on the, very high on the Lobos. I think they are a dark horse NCAA tournament team. They are a for sure 
all they are for sure tournament team lock it in in the all inclusive bracket. Yes, sir. <laughs> I so, I will make a bold take, Andy. If there's an all inclusive tournament, they're gonna make. It. I, dude, we're, hold, we're, you're you're gonna you are going to get us completely blacklisted. Cap. If you keep bar. having these takes. Andy, now, I'm just more of an old Mexico. That, I'm more of an old Mexico guy, to be honest with you. They had to write the first time. oldies. They had to write the first time. They didn't make a new one. I, There's I'm a, a new big jersey? Of classics. There's a new jersey? Yeah, they just made it. <laughs> Got to drop some Drake and Josh when we can. Now, they just opened. Now, about number seven, if you knew anything about basketball, you would know that number seven is an illegal number. So I think it's going to be very tough for him to get going if he doesn't exist. So that is my take about New Mexico's number seven. I don't know. I think he and number 69 are going to have a good year. Just saying. <laughs> Man, a nice a year, year, sir. Very nice year. All right. Fuck you, Alex. Just get Love out you, of here. Alex. No, no. Come back whenever you want. <laughs> All right. This one's from Cranjus. Love this guy. He's becoming a legend. He's becoming a, a mailbag goat. Oh, he, like, he is the mailbag goat. I, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure I said it last Wednesday. Yeah, right now he's standing alone, for, for sure. He's got two, but due to volume, I'm only going to go with one. Um, curious on your thoughts. Because I'm actually a picture of a T-shirt with Bill Murray's face in an X ad, <laughs> should I change my name to What About Blob? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just love his whole profile. It ain't broke. I, I wouldn't fix it. I, I, I love the – like, I just love the classic – Cran just means Xavier Basketball. Impractical X fan, it just goes perfectly. I think he's got a hell of a brand, yeah. I think you should change it. Keep the gold coming. Man, your brain is just impeccable. Pause. You don't miss. Uh, <laughs> Best brain in the game, bro. <laughs> Best brain in the game. And so I, I wouldn't change anything. Very, very sorry. Andy's in the middle of No Not November trying to fight it. <laughs> he's doing his best. Almost there. Halfway. Halfway through. He's, fight, he's fighting admirably. I'm proud of you, King. All right. This one's from Old Man Larry. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? <laughs> Zero. It takes just one big chomp. The owl cheated, dude. The owl's full of shit. I mean. He licked it twice and then ate it. Yeah. What a bitch. Due to being absent, I don't know how many licks it takes. <laughs> What's a lick? <laughs> that is I, that is something I don't receive ever. So, I really don't know what it what it's like to get get to the center. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Staying strong. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. All right. This is from this is from Jess. Again, uh, another one. I'm only going to read one due to um, time due to time constraints. It's always next week. <laughs> How do you feel about Twitter fleets? Oof. Uh, I was shocked. It's early. I, I don't want to make a call yet. I remember the first time I saw stories on like Instagram. I was like, "What the fuck is?" I this? wrote off Instagram stories. Now I kind of use them every now and then. I love Instagram stories. To be honest yeah. with you, I just think Twitter's different space though. Twitter's to me is about quick hitter. Like pictures or text, like I don't know. Like I just think it was fine the way it is. Like I didn't think it needed another like quicker. You know what I mean? I didn't think it necessarily needed it, but I don't know. 
here's the thing. Nothing I put on Twitter should last 24 hours. <laughs> no. It should be forgotten about immediately. It could be good for like a hot take that you just like just want to get out there and you'd kind of want it to go away soon. Like I have a couple tweets like that that I'm just like, ah, I kind of like to delete that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's necessary, but I did see a Phantom Fleet and I was like, mm, okay, you know, I'm keeping All my right. options open. Here. <laughs> yeah. I saw the Phantom Fleet and I was like, yeah, this could have legs. And I do love um, like send fleet picks. Love that. Love that idea. That's funny. Yeah, it makes for funny jokes. Yeah, hundred percent. I just think it's a stupid a word. Fleet. Like, who came up? Yeah, with that? yeah. It was just like the initial word. I was just like, nah. Sounds too much like that shitty word that I'm not even gonna say from like 2014. It, it just sucks. Ends with a CK. Starts with an FL. Has an EE in the middle. Andy's oh. processing. Dude, oh. the worst. That was the most annoying shit of all time. Uh, it's on yeah, Fuck Cook. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. It was yeah. the worst. So, I don't know. Sounds like that. So, it reminds me of that. So, I have a negative disposition towards it already. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm trying to keep an open mind. But right now, I'd say if I had to pick a side, I'm against it. Yeah. Well, I'm, op- I'm open to options. Not, not ready to write it off, but right now. It, you better not weird. be open to options. Stay absent. <laughs> I'm not open for anything. Good man. All right, this is from some dickhead that named Joe, who might be our boss. Um, Gross. Uh, stay away. This is my vacation away from you. <laughs> this is a safe space. Are the Go Browns going to the Super Bowl or just the AFC Championship game this year? I mean, just the king of bad takes. That's that's what this company is based off. Joe's bad takes. You are the invading aliens of bad takes. <laughs> the Browns will be lucky to make the playoffs. They're going to make the say. playoffs. The Browns are going to make the playoffs. They will not win a playoff game. They will not I'm telling win you right now. Game. There's no They're way going to be game. matched up in the wild card game against the fucking Mayfield. Chiefs. Yeah, you have Baker. Like, you're not winning a playoff. Yeah, like, they, they are not making it past. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not no going to happen. <laughs> no chance. No, I give them literally exit. no chance to win a playoff game. If they go to the AFC Championship game, I will literally shave my head. <laughs> Say it right now. All right, okay, I'm clipping that. I'm clipping yeah, that. Yeah, I will literally shave my head. All right, so that, that is on record. If the Browns win a playoff game, Captain Xavier will shave his head. If they win the AFC Championship, I'll shave my head and my legs. Okay, all right. What, what if they win and the Super Bowl? If they win the Super Bowl, I will wax – my chest and my back. All right. All right. We're going, 40, we're going for a hairless cap. For, <laughs> naked mole rat style, baby. <laughs> like I'm ready for the 500-meter dash. You know, you know Baker Mayfield's going to be told about this, and he's like, I want to make that dude silky smooth. Dude, I should tell Sir Yacht. <laughs> Me and Sir Yacht need to have like a, a shaving bet. A little bet. But our team sucks, so. Yeah, but we'll just do brown stuff. Like, we'll, okay. we'll have, like, if the Browns win, he'll do something. And, and if the Browns lose, which they will, I'll do something. Okay. All right. Thank you, Joe. Content creator. <laughs> All right. This one's from, actually, a good friend of mine, uh, Morgan Foles, Captain Mofo 8194 <laughs> Love that at. Other than the Chiefs, is there a single team in the NFL that genuinely stands a chance against the Steelers? And my answer is yes. 
the Steelers have looked great against bad teams. They have struggled against good teams. Now they've they've been winning the games, but they their path to nine and zero has not been all that difficult. So, I think I mean the the Titans proved they are a threat. Like they 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 made that a three point game, and I really don't think they played all that well. So I do think the Steelers are the best team in the AFC right now, but they do have more threats than you may think. I mean, if you say a chance, like, absolutely. I really don't buy them like that, if I'm being completely honest with you. I think they're, they're awesome. I think they're a really good football team. But I don't think they're, like, this juggernaut, unstoppable, anything like that. I would say you look at, like, the elite teams in football right now, like the top five or six, I'd say they all have a chance against the Steelers. Definitely a chance, at least. Yes. If, if not, I'd probably pick them on a neutral. Um, now, I know Saints, Morgan. Saints have a chance. Packers have a chance. Uh, cards have a chance. Seahawks, if Russell gets right. Um, no, not the NFC East. Bills have a chance. Um, Chiefs, I would easily pick. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. I would even say the Colts and the Titans have an off chance, uh, for sure. Um, so, I think there's plenty of teams that have a chance, um, and probably two or three or four that I pick on a neutral against Steelers. And, and full disclosure, I've known Morgan for a long time. He's a Steelers fan. He's just trying to get me riled up. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it normally does it to Bengals fans. Luckily, I'm immune to that now. I love that guy so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. I can't stand the Steelers, dude. I have to watch it every single week due to relation, relational obligations. It's brutal. <laughs> but they play down, dude. Like, they've been in every single game. Outside against the of- Cowboys. I mean, it's, it's been – dude, they play down for sure. I mean, they're really good, but they play down. They don't, like, blow you away. You don't watch them like, oh, man, that's a dominant football team, you know? And they dominated the Bengals in 25-mile-an-hour wins. Congratulations. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's literally it's, – but it's like the Steelers-Bengals, dude. It's just, like, the biggest bugaboo of all time. It's like Mick in the shootout or Mick right. in the You know exactly the what's going to happen. Yeah, like, exactly, 100%. And they were out to get Joe. Oh, well, it they showed to, with that late hit. It showed. They were out to, they were out to prove a point, <laughs> uh, which is classic Steelers. Anyway. This one's from Tim Phillips. 300 fans allowed in Cintas Center for uh, Xavier this year. Ticket available will based on Musketeer points. Do you know anybody that will um, allow me to borrow a couple thousand points? <laughs> what are Musketeer points? I have no fucking clue. Um, <laughs> I need so some. I think, have, we I not, think, have we not accrued a shit ton? I feel like we should be drowning in Musketeer points. I think you've... Um, I, th- I think you lost your musketeer points by trying to have two people si- um, stream a scrimmage. <laughs> From my so perspective, I'm gaining it. musketeer points. For that. I'm trying to. I'm getting the excitement out there, Andy. So this is like an elf when he's like, "What's a Christmas gram? I want one." I'm like, "What are musketeer points? I want some. I want See, musketeer points." I do think. Um, I mean, Dontarius James is out there as DMing people, <laughs> asking if they want to make some extra money. Maybe that's what he means. Is it like a cryptocurrency? <laughs> like we're like trading musketeer points? <laughs> to answer your question, I just learned what musketeer points are as I read that. So right now, <laughs> really ain't got a hookup for you, but I my best bet would be Najee or Dontarius. Those those would be the guys you want to see. Uh, Andy, I'm going to hit up uh, Mario's DMs and ask what the ratio of dollars to musketeer points is after this. <laughs> what, what are the ratio of street bucks to musketeer points? <laughs> the same as unicorn to leprechauns. 
right. This one's from Pat Capel. Love that guy. Heard of him. If Cap and Andy started a university, would you allow streaming? I mean, only I on you... days that end with Y. Yeah. But this is if Andy and Cap started a university. So <laughs> questions got out the window to begin with. Is Cap University starting now? The only – I mean, obviously. I mean, start the Twitter account. It's, it's, go, it's Andy, going up tomorrow. The only thing I can think of is if we started a college like an accepted – like, we just have, like, skate ramps and, like, just, like, looking at Girls 101. Like, <laughs> that dude, that, like, it's a sculpture with the huge dick. Like, that's the only way we'd have a chance of starting any kind of It would just be, like, accepted, like. <laughs> which is a super underrated movie, by the way. We're going to have. And now like, that now we're talking about this, Providence we need to make a Cap University. We need to make a Cap University. It's, it's, it, no, it's, I've already decided it's going up tomorrow. Abstinence 505. I'll be teaching that class, obviously. How to not get laid. <laughs> All right, this is actually a golden ticket idea. Thank you, Capes. Yeah, the way to go, Capes. Sorry, Capel. Yeah. Capel, sorry. Is, he the, is Capel the dean of Cap University? I hope so. Dude, that guy that plays the dean and accepted is so fucking funny. I could easily say, see Capel playing that role. <laughs> Maple with a K. Who's going to wear the wiener suit? <laughs> Obviously me. <laughs> 100%. Cap University shit sandwiches. <laughs> that was a good question. Cap University. All right. This one is from Patty V. This guy's funny. You want to make some extra money? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. I, I want to make some extra musketeer points. That was, I was really thinking the exact same thing, bro. Can, can, can I skip the money and just get musketeer points? I need musketeer points. Literally, I'm getting off here, and I'm just going to Twitter. I'm just going to tweet and search musketeer points until I find something doing research right now. <laughs> until, until we find out what the fuck they are. I need them. All right. This one's from... <laughs> One of the brand accounts, one of the company accounts. So thank you for this. Cap Industry Studios. <laughs> Can I stream Whoever the podcast in CentOS Center? <laughs> Absolutely, you can. You have my permission. And, I mean, as long as, long as like, um, <clears throat> as, as long as you make sure the Providence Crier is not listening to it as long as like no other podcast can do scouting and take smart, take some of our ideas. As long as you know, part of my take or Titus and Tate doesn't have access to it, then yeah, you can stream it. All those small time ones. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> no question. Good to go. Got the all clear. <laughs> all right. And that is it. We successfully rolled the mailbag. Made it through the gauntlet. Now I know, now I know what our guests feel like on the freaking uh, <laughs> on rapid fire. I thank God. Is it over? It's <laughs> probably how they feel. They just sure. kick back and um, take a deep breath. Like God, the SpongeBob. I'm like done with stupid death. questions. I know, dude. We ask dumbass questions, but I think it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah, Randy, good stuff. I'm hyped for the NBA draft, man. I'm hyped for it to be over. Thank that God. Too. Lamelo Ball, welcome to the Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards, welcome to the Timberwolves. Najee Marshall, welcome to the Timberwolves. 
<laughs> Miles Powell, welcome to Undrafted. Shout out, JP. I fucking love it, bro. Yeah, but another good week, man. Appreciate Robbie Riggs a lot for coming on, man. Uh, that was awesome, and another great week, Andy. Absolutely. It's a start to an absolutely awesome week because on Friday, we got a treat for you guys. Big week. That's all I'm going to say. Big week. Big, big, tall week. Big, tall way to finish out your week. Get your weekend started. Big, tall week. Yeah, I'm excited. Love it. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, Andy. Appreciate it, man. Hey, let's, let's get this blob going. Roll, roll blob, baby. Roll anchor. Roll everything. <laughs> Make sure you check out the winter forecast. Make sure you check out the female brain tomorrow. And – and Make stock sure up on those out. musketeer points. <laughs> <laughs>